So welcome back to the Waking Up From Work podcast. You're listening to episode 104 of the show tonight. Last uh, episode was a solo episode really quick talking about being centered and my little uh, freak out sprees where I just go away and vanish to uh, get centered again. But tonight we're back with a guest here. We are here. If you're new to the podcast at all and you're hanging out with us tonight, we are about getting to work, making work a passion, living creative full-time. So we talk to musicians, artists, creatives, entrepreneurs, and we just talk about what it means to live a creative life and how that can happen and how it might be able to happen for you and just talk through some of those things on here. So tonight, I would like to welcome on another New Englander, which is always brings a little uh, salt to my heart here, uh, Angie Fallensby Paul. Almost, I almost diced it, even though I practiced it. I got it. Okay. Good job. Good job. <laughs> Angie Collinsby Hall. If you haven't heard of her or seen her stuff, she is a handmade paper and mixed media artist. She is a yoga teacher. She is a creative coach. She has all of these different things that are going on. She also has a podcast that she has called Alter to the Muse, which I haven't listened to yet, Angie. I'm listening to that after the show here, but I did see that you had that too. So with a lot of uh, guests that we have on here, one of my favorite things about interviewing creatives is just that, where we have this big mix of the things that they might be doing where we've kind of kind of this renaissance vibe. We've got a lot going on here. Angie, do you want to kind of talk and, and tell our audience through, you know, What's up with all of these things? What are, what are, what are all of these about with, with, with you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you so much. Uh, so happy to be here on your Waking Up From Work podcast, Dave. And I, yeah, I think a lot of the work for me in the past couple of years has been taking all these different pieces of things that I do and saying, like, what, how do they fit together? Like, what is it that I do? Where is the common thread? So that's been a big focus of my thinking and, and rethinking about who I am in the world. Um, so yes, I'm an artist. I, I, I like to start with that because I feel like that's like the foundation of who I am. And I also I like teach. Yeah, like it, it informs everything. That's how I really want to be seen in the world as an artist. And, and I teach, right? And uh, I'm a teacher. And, and so I mostly teach yoga, but I also teach art. Clearly, I teach art workshops. And then I've been coaching people more recently to sort of find that, that creative calling inside of their hearts and help them to bring it forward so that they too can do the thing that I feel like they were meant to do, that, that maybe they were not supported for one reason or another to bring into the world. And so I like to start holding the space for them to envision that. And so I see all these threads connected, right? I see yoga, I practice yoga, and I do mindfulness. Like To me, it's the same space as when I'm making art and I'm being creative. Mm, interesting. So, yeah, it's very, I've, it's very similar. You know, and I don't know if you've ever done yoga or, or you meditate or anything like that, but there's, there can be kind of like this clear space that comes in yeah. when you do those practices. And the same clear space comes to me when I'm really immersed in my creativity. And it just, it's that flow space, you know, that flow state that people talk about. And when I'm in that space, 
the chatter in my mind just goes way down. Yep. I know exactly what you're talking about. And I, I, to answer your question, I have done yoga. I have done meditation, but neither one of them is like a common place in my life yet. And they will, I'm sure that they will be at some time. Cause I do see the benefits that you, that you see in them. And I totally get, I don't think I've ever thought about it that way. And I don't know why, but it's interesting that you point out that like the serenity or like the calmness of these voices or something feels the exact same between doing the yoga and meditation and doing like your creative and being in that space. Because now that you say that, and I think about it that way, like me hanging out on like, uh, you know, me waking up super early to be on a dock on like a lake or something before the actions happened. That feeling feels the same way as when I'm writing really loud metal or rock music, even though the spaces are literally completely (laughs) different. Like it's so different hearing like a lot of screaming and distortion and drums and things like that at a huge decibel level is very different than like casually hearing a loon every once in a while and just being like chill. Those are way different things, but the feeling you're so right about that feels like a a calmness, a serenity. And I guess, you know, we'll totally get into it throughout the show, I'm sure, but like almost like that is uh, if you're a creative, it's like that really is your piece is like being in that world, regardless of what environment that is that you need to be in to create that. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't matter that when you're in that creative space that it's loud. Like I know that space. My husband is a metal guy (laughs) as well. And so he, so I know that space you're talking about, but, but it's not the sound from the outside. That's, that's the, the deal there. It's what's happening in your mind. Right. And it's your mind that's quieted down when you're in that creative space. So that's the space I'm talking about is that is when the mind isn't like, cause you can be totally quiet and your mind can be going a thousand miles an hour. Right. And feel like, like let's just take opposite things. Like maybe you hate rock music and metal. Maybe your mind feels like what I just described to you and you feel like it's crazy noisy and you're sitting in a quiet room. There's, there's totally different sides to uh, the way that we explain those things, I guess. But I, I just thought that was cool. Cause I, I, I don't know why I haven't thought of it that way before, but that was a very simple statement to that made a lot of sense to me right away, I guess. Yeah, that's the kind of work I've been focusing on. It's like, how do these things fit together? You know, where are the parallels? And and that's one thing that really came to me um, when I when I looked at that recently. So I guess like I want to pull apart because you're talking about how do these things fit together. So if you're figuring how do these things fit together, that means that you started each of them for like kind of different ways like either something pulled that out of you to that you had to create that thing or or something in life started happening like what what started some of these things like i know before the show like really quickly you're like hey i can't really talk about my story to coming to be this thing because it's like i've just been this thing like i have been this for so long but it's like where do these pieces come together like how did these things come into life where you're like i'm i'm pulled to like yoga i think that what you just said right Yoga has that same thing, but yoga doesn't necessarily have to go one and one with being this paper and mixed artist thing like that, or being a creative coach. Like they don't have to be those things. So something about who you are and the way that you have lived life or your, or, you know, all those things, your essence is pulling you towards those things. Where did they come from? How did those yeah, things happen? That's such a great question. Yeah. I think I've always been an artist and my parents will say that too. Like I was that little kid who was drawn on the walls and drawn on the 
my dad's oh, no. books when he was in college when I was a little baby. I was I was that kid drawing on everything. Were they pumped about it then or no? They've always been supportive, right? Um, and I like to say that my parents don't identify as being artists or creatives, but I see how they've always been those things. And they've mm. really been super supportive, like never in any moment of my path. And they said, why do you want to be an artist? So you can't make any money doing that. Like they love never it. said that to me. Oh my God. Um, I love that. Yeah. I mean, they definitely said, well, you might want to think about having some business skills or something like that. You know, that's been in the conversation, but um, yeah. They've, they've been really supportive. So yeah, since I was a little kid, I was always drawn to the arts. I always had a journal. I always had crayons. I remember getting like a new box of Crayola crayons is like the most amazing thing it in still the universe. Is. <laughs> Let's yeah. just be honest here. It still really is. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. This is just like the smell and they just are beautiful. The boxes that have the sharpener on the box and you're like, oh, yeah. I straight up have, don't have to leave what I'm doing right now. I can stay right here. Yeah, and then there's something about turning the crayon and that little thing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So, and I always, I also like crafts, right? So not only did I like drawing and painting and that sort of thing, but I liked, I used to like hook rugs and like bake friendship bracelets, and I'd spend a lot of time doing that. So I was actually born in Sicily. My awesome. dad was in the navy. He was stationed in Sigonella, which is a, a, a base in Sicily, and he knew somebody who was who introduced him to my mother, who was born and raised in Sicily. All her family is in Sicily still. And so they married there. I was born in Sicily. And then when I was about 18 months, they decided to move back. He was honorably discharged from the Navy. And my parents moved to Vermont. And they first moved to um, to Vermont and then eventually to New Hampshire. And when my mom was in Sicily, she trained with a seamstress. She was an apprentice. So she is able to sew. She She has mad sewing skills. Like she sewed little teddy bears. She sewed dolls. She sewed funky hats. She sewed curtains for people and sofa covers. So I say she wasn't an artist, but she definitely has some skill mm. there. And I actually think she's a supremely creative thinker. I think it's, I owe a lot to how I view the world, to how she looks at the world. I can't agree with that more because the reason why like people, I've said it on the show before, but like I am an audio engineer. So a lot of people assume that when I tell them I have a podcast, they're like, oh, cool. It's about recording studios. And it's like, I, by habit, are going to say some of the things that is in my background, in my realm and related into the show. It's like, there's no way to not bring those pieces in. But the reason why the show isn't centered only on being an audio engineer and it's on living a creative life is because A, I learn from those creatives in every facet, every capacity, all these different creatives have things that I can bring in that do make me a better person. But also, I also believe in what you're saying where like you don't the creativity is more complex than i am you know i'm an audio engineer you're a paper and mixed media it's like it's not that simple the mm-hmm. reason why you're doing all these little random things that are being pulled out of you the reason why i do this and then i do like real estate renovation or i do all these <laughs> other weird crap that doesn't necessarily have to be that thing it's like that's just, if you're a creative, you're a creative and it, and it, and it could be coming out in your mother's sewing or it could be coming yeah. out in your, what I forget what you were saying, some of the, the traits of your father, but it's like creative, creativity is not simple like that. There's nothing simple or linear about that yeah. way in us. And it really is in every person. And it just depends on like, where is that coming out? Like where, what's, what's the, the, the travel method of that? I feel like. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I totally, of course, agree with you that, that, that we are creative and how it shows up is in all kinds of ways. You know, we tend to think, oh, it means you're 
you must be a musician or, or a painter or whatever, you know, we kind of categorize and box in what that means. Always. It's so much more than that. Um, and that's one thing I like to tell people when, when we work one-on-one is like, your creativity could be showing up in all kinds of possible ways. And when you see that connection, then you're like, oh yeah, my dad, he loves to work with wood. Right. He carves wood, but he also likes to, mm. like, we get these huge log loads uh, delivered to our house. And he comes over with this hand saw and he just like saws all day. It's like meditation to him. That is awesome. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty amazing. Um, and it's his passion, right? So he's creative in that way. And I see that now. Like, I, I don't think I saw that much when I was a kid, but I really see that's where I get it from. Uh, I made that connection now. So, you know, when I was in high school, I tracked into art pretty easily. I thought I was going to be an art teacher because that's just what in, you know, small town New Hampshire, that's what I saw as a, as a possible career choice for the arts yep. that made money. And so I, I went to college to become an art teacher and was a couple years in that I had this sort of revelation. It was a few things. So... One thing was that I had summer jobs, right? And one summer job I had was working in a kind of a factory-like setting that we worked with like reflective coating. And I was like scraping off reflective coating off of little pieces. And I had this moment, I was like, this cannot be my life. There is no way that I'm going to be stuck in a building all day long. (laughs) I knew in that instant that this was not going to be my life. I I was not going to be defined by that. Was that like a one moment thing, Angie? Or was that like like one one day you're like straight up, you're like, wow, like something hits you like a object. I came home from work and I don't know, it was like six at night or something. And it was summer, so it was still light out. And I was like, this sucks. (laughs) I was like, I've been in that building since like eight this morning and I, this is not going to be my life. And I knew it. And I remember like where I was in that moment. And so that happened. And then I had another moment where I was in a sculpture class and we were watching videos, a video of an artist named Christo. Um, I don't know if you've heard of him. One of his most famous pieces called running fence where he stretched, like he does these weird things. Like he wraps building in cloth like gigantic buildings. I think he's passed recently. So, um, so he had this running fence where he ran this, like, basically it was a tall piece of cloth, like something like 30 miles into the river, into the ocean of California. So it started in a rural location and it wove across the landscape and into the ocean. And I'm watching this video of this guy. And I was like, he makes a living doing this. Like, this is his job. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, that's the coolest thing I've ever heard. I want to be an artist. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, if he can do that, then I can figure something out. (laughs) Totally. I just picture like, I just picture seeing him doing this, right? Like 30 mile picture, this guy walking with the cloth (laughs) and like doing it. And then like, someone be like, yo, what are you doing out of here? Like my job. Like, can I just work my job? Like, come on. Like, you're you're just like, that's crazy to think about that is like, that's the day to day is like, a that, but also like the planning of it, all the planning oh, of like how it's going to happen. Huge. That's the and job. Like, he crazy. had to like get things cleared through all the different towns that he would be going through. So there was I a lot of imagine. that kind of work, and he had to have elaborate sketches. And oh my there god! Were, and, and you can imagine he's going through rural locations in the 1970s, and people are like, "What on earth are you doing? <laughs> what is what? what? What is this art that you speak of? You call that what? art?" Like, <laughs> But when they saw it, this is what was captured in the video. Like when they saw it, they would go, wow. It was a scene of a farmer like 
now I get it. He was like, I see it now. Mm. And I was like, that's who I want to be. <laughs> and so those two moments like solidified it for me. I changed majors. I said, I'm going to be a fine artist. I dropped the education. I hadn't taken any education courses by then. And I was like, I'm going to be an artist. And so that's what I did. So when I graduated, I was like, I'm going to make this work. You know, I did part-time job, cleaning houses, and I booked shows. I like had show after show after show. I sold work. You know, I paid for our honeymoon uh, from an art show when I was right out of college. So it was how good did that feel? I felt like I still think of it and I go a little bit of a flex, right? Yeah, I was like, I did it. (laughs) (laughs) It's gotta feel good. So I've just always been uplifted by doing this work, and I was like, "There's no other option. This has got to (laughs) work." Yeah. Wow. Wow. So there's a a couple things that I want to pull out of there. One is, one is way back. I just never got to say it. And then that was like right in your entrance of it where you're like, I like to start with an artist. I like to say, Hey, when I'm saying to someone, this is who I am. This is who Angie is. I'm an artist first. I saw a piece of social content the other day from actually another guest that we had on the the show, Sean, who does a lot, who's an audio engineer, but he does a lot of the talks of like this creative acceptance of like a creative life and like the judgments and the, all this stuff that we're talking about, the mindset of being a creative or being allow, allowing yourself to be that creative. Right. And he was talking about how people out there who have a day job, you're allowed when someone asks you who you are, like when you come into a party or come into a barbecue or something, you're allowed to say, I'm a, I'm a creative or I'm a, I'm a musician. I'm an, I'm a paper artist. And you know, you're allowed to say that if you have a day job or not, because like yeah. if it's literally bounded to like who you are and like every piece of what you have going on there, it's like that you're allowed to say that. So I really like that you're saying like, like even though like you're you 100% are doing this on a day to day, it's like, I like that you were talking about like, I'm going to introduce myself as that first because it's that piece of me that I want to share. Right. Yeah. So that was one. And then the second thing is, I have a roommate in, uh, in college and she was an English major. I also have one of my, my really good friends who is an English major. Both of them were not, uh, in it for a teaching degree. And I just remember like, I got enough flack. You know what I mean? You go out there enough and you're like, I'm going to school for music or I'm going to school for art. You get enough flack anyway in day to day of being like, how are you going to do this? How are you going to like all that crap? Right let alone them like even an extra layer because they were taking a degree in English and people were like, Oh yeah. So you're going to be a teacher. And they're like, no, and they're like, well, what the hell are you going to do? I'm like English, I'm going to do writing and editing in the written English language. That's what English is, is a thing. And, and uh, it's just interesting to hear you talk about that, where, where you went to college for the, uh, the art degree in teaching, which I totally get. Right. But it's like you, you made that whatever you wanted it to be because that is the point of, of college is not to take this thing and then do that. So those are just two quick things that I just didn't want to forget about. And I like wanted to share off of it. But the honeymoon thing, I don't think I've heard someone say that and that like that you got to feel so proud. And that had to have given you such a starting confidence to be like, you know what? This can work like yeah. 100%. This can work where some people starting off might be in the same position where like they were, they were at the spot that could, that could happen. That could be a thing that you do. You could make that happen. But sometimes like that confidence isn't there. Did you feel anything? Did that give you, you think any type of head start and being like, you know what? I can do this 100%. Like I'm going to go do this when I get back from the honeymoon. And Yeah, it totally did. I mean, it validated it for me, you know? Um, 
you know, I was, I was so in love with what I was doing. And then to have people want to buy it, like, that's like, you can't ask for better, (laughs) you know, like if you're making the thing you love and somebody wants to buy it and pay you for it, there's something about that that completes some circle that feels completely fulfilling. So I would say that it definitely said to my, you know, it helped me to say to myself, you can do this. It can happen. And it's not to say that, you know, it's, I've like flown in a direct linear projection since that time. It's definitely been up and down. And I added, you know, I certainly added other things to what I do, but what it said to me was, you can do this. Like this can happen. So, um, yeah. And I don't know if I didn't sell anything from the show, I don't know what would happen, but that didn't happen. So I didn't have to worry about it, man. Yeah. I love that. So, I guess like, uh, there's some other things that I want to get into in the spaces that we're talking to, but I want to get, uh, narrow for a second, just because this is a new, I always tell people on this show because we're talking to creatives. And because I was explaining earlier, I'm really vague on what creative even means because I like to pull all these different conversations into the mix. So I've interviewed, you know, craft brewers or mead makers or just straight up business people, sales and all these things that could be helpful in this area. But, uh, one thing that uh, I haven't had on here yet is the type of art that you do, this mixed paper and things like that. I have not seen that before personally. I, I would say I always tell people that I'm lopsided where I don't do as much physical art myself. A lot of it is multimedia types of creation for me. So I'm always fascinated with any physical art that I bring on the show to talk about because it's just not in my wheelhouse. But yours, uh, a step further, I really haven't seen that style. It was really interesting to me when you approached me to see that. Where did that come from? Where did this style of art that you create? I saw on Instagram the other day, like the blender of paper and stuff. And I was like, all right, I can so get on this. I love when people do like the little, uh, you know, let's just see what happens. Like that's, that's, that's being a maker is like, let's see what happens by doing this thing that people might even think is ridiculous, but like, I'm going to do it because it's just part of seeing what can happen. Yeah. Where did this art come from? This mixed well, paper. It's interesting because it, it came from the education track. So I did take one education class. So I did a couple years at a, a small college cool. in Elmira, New York. And then I transferred to Plymouth State uh, University in New Hampshire. That's where I went. Oh, that was my, my undergrad. That was my That's undergrad. Me too. We're, we are both alums of the same school. Nice. Bunch of um, Panthers in here. Yeah. So I Dang. had a BFA degree uh, <laughs> from PSU. And... Uh, but when I was in, a, in New York, in Elmira, I took a papermaking class. It was papermaking as a thing you teach kids, right? It was something to throw in the mix. And I, this was one of the things. Like, I did papermaking. I was like, oh, my, this is so much fun. I just want to do it for me. <laughs> I never okay. stopped. Like, we, I did it as a lesson. And I just kept doing it. I kept mm. making paper. I haven't stopped since. <laughs> uh, so, That's crazy. Yeah. And I, you know what it is about the paper is I love the texture. I love the process of it. I love, like you saw, my, I, I do it in a blender right now. I used to have a, a machine called a Hollander Beater, which is a huge machine with a gear. I sold it for lots of reasons, but um, mostly because it was big and bulky and hard to use. And I, I actually liked the blender better. But, wow. um, okay. but I love the process. I love mushing things up. Sometimes I, I grab plant materials. So paper making comes from plants. Um, it's cellulose fibers that are macerated. And then when you add those fibers into water, it form, they, they sort of interlock and weave and it forms a layer of what we think of as paper. You have to cook the fibers. So I can take plant materials from my garden that have the long, like, you know, like the stems of daffodils or daylilies or something. 
and you can boil them down and then beat them in the blender, right? Mm. And so I used to have fun, you know, when uh, I used to boil things on the stove, my husband would come home and he'd be like, oh, what's for dinner? And I'd be like, you're not eating that. It's, uh, that's, uh, that's for the paper. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So oh my God. Um, I love the process of it. I love the whole process of it. Um, and, I, and my husband jokes and says like, yeah, you don't start with a blank sheet of paper. Like most artists start with a blank canvas or a blank paper. I don't even start with that. I have mm. to make it. Right. And I've tried to use store-bought paper. I've tried hard <laughs> to like it because it would make things simpler sometimes, but I just can't do it. It just mm. doesn't feel right. That's fair. Yeah. Do you ever got like, I remember we had uh, Matt, Matt Blanchett from Revelry Studios on here. He does like a bunch of like ridiculously good music videos. But I remember him talking about sometimes when he's like going to the store to buy things, people would be like, why do you need like six pallets of like ping pong balls? Like some of the, like the music videos, you just buy the stuff that's just like doesn't make any sense. Have you ever had that when you're buying like blenders or something? Do you have like a special blender or something where you're like, oh, I just really love the... Uh, the neutral bullets, like that's just really my, and you're like in the stores and you're like, Hey, do you, do you have any blenders that do like this? I'm looking to just like put pounds and pounds and pounds of paper and plant materials in there for the rest of its life on the planet and just blend them up. Do you ever have any weird stories of like buying materials or getting materials in a weird way where people are like, what the hell are you doing? Yeah. I mean, most people don't know what paper making is. So if I tell them I'm a paper maker, I'm, I'm, I mean, so there's two things. So some items I only buy from paper making supply companies, but but like the blender, I use a Vitamix. So I have a Vitamix. I have have two. I have one that's for us to eat from. And then I have one that's just (laughs) for the plants. And boy, that thing zips things up really well. The one thing I can think of is like the mixed media materials. Like when I like buy the items, so I put all kinds of weird things on my paper, plant materials or found objects. I'll go to like, an antique shop or something. And that's where sometimes that happens where I'll be buying something like, Oh, you know, actually I make paper. I'll buy an old book. I'm like, well, I'm just going to be ripping this thing up and sticking it in paper anyways. And and that's when people will look at me like, you're going to what? I have had that happen. So I I was making something out of like an old cigar tin. So if you go to an antique store, I guess they used to put cigarettes and cigars in these lovely little tins. They're collector's items these days. Like some of them can go for a lot of money. And I was looking through some at an antique shop once. And the guy was like, oh, yeah, well, let me show you my special ones. And I was like, well, before you show me the expensive ones, you got to realize I'm going to sand this thing down. I'm going to glue handmade paper to it. I might poke some holes. And he was like, okay, you don't want these. <laughs> oh, <laughs> he almost like God. I was going to cry because they're worth so much money. He couldn't imagine me doing that. Oh, no. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, what a cool art. I mean, I'm going to have to dive into it more now that I've like found your stuff. But that's something that I haven't personally been exposed to before. So that's... An interesting yeah, medium. Yeah, it's a different medium yeah. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. One thing I want to talk on, because uh, we were kind of like taking pieces of it from our conversation before, but this point that I think it was something is a conversation that you had before the show was creativity is like a muscle and we use it over time. Basically, your, your thesis is that, you know, creative isn't necessarily like a, a talent or like you're not like a, a born with it type of vibe, like creative is something that you have to use to develop or create. Do you want to talk through that? that? I'm sure that that probably comes from some of your creative coaching maybe, but that thesis I really enjoy, I guess. I, I want to understand more. Yeah, I don't. So I think 
I can't say I don't believe in talent. I think, and I actually looked this word up recently, and it it had talent was defined as like a propensity for a certain kind of skill. And I do think that some of us are like you're you're drawn to music, right? And I have some musical. I've done. I've like dabbled in some things, but for the most part, like my focus is definitely in the field of art. So, so I would say that I definitely am drawn to that a little bit more. However. I think we get a lot of people get stuck in this idea that that artists and musicians are they're talented and that's why they do that good thing. And I think that's that's a false narrative. And I don't know where it comes from. And I have a lot of feeling that a lot of this comes from our schooling, right? That, I think it's I think it part of it is, is oh well I'll let you go because I agree no. with that point as well. But it's a defense mechanism, obviously. It's like it's something like this is why this isn't an obtainable thing to me, and and it's just like it really sucks to hear that anything's obtainable to you to some degree but like because it's just because it's now things are immediately difficult where it's like okay if i could have that but i have to do this ridiculous amount of things but it's so easy to just be like oh i can't do it because that guy is just like straight up born talented right exactly and that's cool i also like i could go off for i have on some episodes (laughs) i totally could go off on school but what were you what were you saying on that sorry angie no i think you're so right i think you're so right about that that um that it's it's cop out, you know. It's it's if you say like they're talented, then you're out of you're off the hook, right? Yes. And the truth is, is that talent is really what looks like talent or skill is just hours and hours of practice. You know, musicians know this really well because if you want to learn an instrument, I mean, you're going to suck at it unless you practice. <laughs> There's no way around. I live with a musician. I listen to him practice guitar all that I've been listening to him for over 20 God, years. God bless you. God bless, God bless <laughs> all of the, uh, the music, uh, significant others out there. The people, yeah. there's a lot that they have to deal with. I'm sure that there's some stuff where we're like the, Hey, what's cooking? And you're like, don't eat dirt, that. Dirt. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there's, there's always an interesting household when you're living with the creative, but, uh, definitely God bless the significant others. Dealing yeah. With the, I mean, uh, that's a lot world. of, learning music that happens that, that uh, doesn't sound pretty to start uh, or you hear, or, or I no. think I said to him once, Oh, that, that was a really nice uh, song I heard a thousand times, you know, as he's trying to, to learn it, you know, you just get used to it. It sort of falls to the background, but musicians know, like if you want to learn that piece, if you want to master that instrument, you have to commit to it. You have to pick it up. Like talent might be play a part, but that's not the only thing going on there. Right. So you have, it's a practice. Creativity is a practice. And I like to say, it's like a relationship. You know, I've been, I've been married. I like, I like to tell people, I'm married to my high school sweetheart. So we we just celebrated our 30 year anniversary. Congratulations. Uh, thank you. Of being a couple. Right. Uh, and we started in high school. So, so if you want a good relationship, you have to make time for it. Right. Right. It's the same with your creativity. You have to make time for it. You have to have a relationship with it. You got to say, hi, how you doing? And you got to like spend some time with it, preferably every day, if not at least every week. Um, and, and so building the practice, it's like yoga, right? So I'm a yoga practitioner and I know that if, if I want to really be in my yoga practice, I got to commit to it. I got to do it. I could do it once a week. It's a little benefit. If I do it every day is a little bit more. Um, so yeah, that's the huge thing for me is, is reminding people that like I was talking to somebody on a coaching call once and I said, 
you know, it's like this person was a yogi. And I said, you know, your creativity is just like your yoga practice. If you want to master a handstand, you can't just do it once and go, I either get it or I don't. I either have the talent to do it or I don't. Yeah. If you want to do a handstand, you better start practicing on it. You better start working on it. You've got to figure out what are my steps. I got to come to it every day. And then one day, poof, you're up there. It might be years after the first day you decided to start, but you have to get, come to it over and over again. And it's no yeah. different with anything else. Yeah. Yeah. I, I am definitely with that. Like definitely, you know, I think that like, once again, there, there are levels and complexities to it where like a, a lot of things that we say like, Oh, that person's talented. I think that there is, there is something to that. When people say that someone is talented, I think that there, that's not unwarranted. There is something to that, but I think that it's much more complex than saying the person's talented so they can just do the thing. I think that it comes from literally everything in essence about that person of how that person has lived life forms factors that innately make them better with certain vehicles or more apt to be able to pick up something and run with it than other things. You know what I mean? If someone growing up, you know, like growing up, my dad used to listen to Pink Floyd and Led Zeppelin in the car. So it's like, I grew up, I'm, I can't just play Led Zeppelin or Pink Floyd by listening to it, but because I grew up with years and years and years and years of listening to that in a car for 10, 15 years before I hit a drum set, when I hit the drum set, I could pick up rock a lot quicker than any other thing. Cause I've been, li- I've been listening to it. You know what I mean? There, so there, there are things that could be perceived as like a, that could be perceived as a talent, right? Someone could be like, Oh, he's talented at drums. He picked up drum set like really quickly for rock music. He's able to play rock clubs like really young, but it's like, well, yeah, but I, I had things that were about me that made it so that I was more apt to have a chance at doing that than other things. Right. I didn't grow up listening to, trap music right so i'm not as good at making trap right away i have to learn all these different things as i go because it's something that isn't innate to me so i don't have necessarily a an an immediate talent to it i think that is more along the lines where we should be understanding like where those things are coming from is just that people have certain things about them and maybe it's not like uh you know you were listening to music thing maybe it's just like you were you did this X is a job. Like you were saying, like you did this in a factory. So like these certain actions might've made your hands stronger for a certain thing or made have made your eye more precise. It's like all of these things, the culmination of all the things that you do, everything affects who you are and what things are happening. And I believe that that gives us certain talent that makes you just more apt to take something and run with it. Whereas we like to think or talk about talent. Like it's just like, Oh, he's talented or she's talented. And it's just like they grab the thing and they just do it. It's like, I think that there are people that can grab a guitar and play it, even though they've never seen the instrument in their life. But I think that there's more happening there than we like to talk about or understand necessarily when we're just table talk conversation on it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I totally agree. And, and you, you were saying like you grew up with music in your background, like I can imagine some families growing up where there wasn't any music played, right? For one reason or another, you know, I think when I think about that, I think of people and, and what's their access, you know, they, they have the access to some of these uh, creative um, skills. I mean, that's why, you know, I do have a lot of issues with school systems, but I feel like sometimes they're the only avenue for some of these kids who don't have opportunity yes. to to experience the arts or the music they would yeah. never have any access to it 
Um, and that's why it needs to be supported more in the school, right? That's why it, it needs to be more than just the extracurricular activity, the part-time job. It needs to be really brought to the foreground because there could be more kids interested in it. Um, that's right. They, you know, uh, so I think that what we're exposed to, especially when we're kids, has a huge impact on who we become and how creative or how talented we become. Like I think of like Mozart, like when you think as a quintessential, like super talented person, creative person, Mozart, right? But gosh, you know, didn't his father like start to prime him at age three? Like if he didn't have that dad, would he be who he is? I don't know. I you know, know, like what's the environment that's creating the opportunity for the talent? Right. No, totally. And, and that's definitely, you know, something that I want to encourage is obviously like, I want, I want everyone to have a chance at bat. That's why I do this show. And I, and it really sucks when you see that someone has things that are impeding their ability to even get started before they even knew that it was an opportunity to exist. Right. Yeah. 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 That's why, that's why I do the work I do. And then I realized recently, so I say that I I didn't want to be a teacher and I left that world and I was an artist, but recently I thought, Oh, maybe I should be a teacher. Right. Uh, I don't know. I hit 40. I'm 45. He's turning 45 in a couple of weeks. And I hit 40 and thought, Oh my gosh, maybe I should get a job. (laughs) Um, and (laughs) because it happens, like it comes back in certain reasons. Um, I didn't, let me, that's the short end of that story. But I realized that I, I wasn't going to be the person who was teaching the kids. Like I realized that my role was to save the people who were out of the school system and now in the world. And they forgot that they, yes. they wanted to be artists. Like I was like, yeah. that's, that's where I am. That's my role. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of people like that because there's a lot of things. There's a ridiculous amount of friction that hits you right when you get out of school and it changes what you perceive is possible or not, or it just makes it like, or it's just straight friction, like friction's friction. So it's like, you know, I've been side hustling for, I don't know how many years now, but like there are weeks where I'm just like, dude, I am so goddamn tired at this point after I worked X amount of hours today doing my day job and it impedes it. And it's just like, and then the people have kids or then they, they do a second job or like all these things, it's all friction and like, it's all super understandable. But those people that are, are, are out there, obviously, like there are people that, that can still, that you, there's so much time that we like really perception of time is like, it's kind of difficult to grasp because you keep aging and getting into different stages of your life and then like becoming more aware of what that time is basically backwards. But that's an important, that's a long story of me saying that's a really important demographic of people to. Uh, try to help because there's a lot of things that they have the ability to do that they might not see, or they might be like, damn, I'm tired. I'm out of yeah. work. I'm tired, you know, straight up. And I get yeah. that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's as much uh, of a need and maybe even more so because when you hit, you know, 30, 40 years of age, you're like, wait a minute, what was I doing? <laughs> I remember I, I used to want to be that thing. And Wait, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> Where did my life go? <laughs> What's up right now? Yeah. 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 Man. So I guess like, uh, what goes into some of the, cause I, I, I saw it on the website, but like, what's kind of the, the things that you're delving into or the things that you're seeing in this creative coaching piece of your, your business and day to day, Angie, what's that look like? 
Yeah. So, I mean, what I see, I see the need for people to be supported in, in their ideas, right? So, um, you know, I have people who, who they, you know, they get a little hit of an idea, you know, I mean, part of it, I, like I work with yoga teachers, right? I, um, I train yoga teachers too. And so one of the things that will happen and they go through the trainings, they get an idea, they want to offer a class, right? And they're, they're trying to figure out like how, what should I do? You know, what would it look like? You know, people have an idea, but then taking that idea and turning it into something that you can offer uh, the world or present to the world, that can be a hard process. And we don't have support, right? That's what we were just talking about. Oftentimes, we, you know, I'm really lucky. My parents have been really supportive. My spouse is really supportive. Um, but a lot of people don't have that support. And so that's what I see in, in my yes. role there is being somebody be like, oh, that's a really great idea. This is what I see about it. And then just sort of teasing out a little bit more information about what's inspiring it. What, and I want to really focus on what they want with it, what their vision is, and then help to support that. You know, maybe they want to turn it into something that makes money, but they might not. They just might want to express something. Which is 100% um, fine. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, because it's about fulfillment. You know, I call my work soul purpose because I feel like, you know, we're all here because we're trying to express something. I mean, my theory is we're all here to express something creatively. And to the degree that we're able to do that, the more purpose we'll feel in our life. And if we wow. don't, if that's not happening, then we don't, then life feels kind of purposeless. I don't know about you. Uh, yeah. I'm guessing that when you're really t- plugged into the musical work that you're doing, you're feeling like I'm doing the thing I'm supposed to be doing. That's right. Yeah. And so I just want to help people feel that. And I recognize it in me that when I'm doing my art and, and I'm working in that way, I feel completely plugged in. Um, and I think a lot of people are missing that in their lives. Yeah. I obviously like my premise of my podcast oftentimes challenges like a typical nine to five, but I've been very clear with people when I say on here to reiterate that if your nine to five lights you up, then just do your nine to five all day long. Like, like yeah. the premise of this podcast is just to make it so that you are living your passion all the time and finding ways to just incorporate whatever creative that you're trying to do in whatever way it's supposed to be at. So, you know, I think that that's just an important conversation to have. And, and with the support role that you're saying, also extremely important. And that doesn't always have to be like, I think having a, a, a coach or like someone to work with one-on-one, that's probably like ultra impactful and, and creates like large action or large in-depth sections. But that support role can be a lot of things. That can be a podcast of people like, you know, you and I or other people that are talking on these things to just hear stories that give you the support to say, yeah, other people are doing this thing. That can be you know, a blog or a YouTube channel or some type of content or a book or other stories of people doing the things that you want to do or you want to be able to do or you feel, you know, driven towards. But like when a parent or a spouse doesn't support it, it's really sad. And it totally, totally sucks to see because I have also been really grateful that my parents have always from day one said, if you want to do music for a living, go for it. My wife from day one has been like, if you need to have people recording in here at 2 a.m. in my house and I need to go to bed, then I hate you a little bit, but I'll wake up tomorrow and we'll be cool. You know, like I'm, I'm so grateful to have that whenever I see it, like someone's like, you can't do that. Like, go, go do this other thing. You can't do that. And then they, and then they don't do it. I hate that. I I get so mad. I want to do anything that I can do to make that person put 
fingers into their ear and not listen to it. Decide. I'm like, am I going to not do this because it's my choice or am I not going to do this thing because it's someone else's choice that just blocked me out from making it? And that that's just like, I don't know. I'll get fired up all day. I won't talk too much on it. I'll get fired up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. I totally agree. I think, it's this, I think it's a, there's a quote somewhere. I can't remember who. It's like the saddest thing. Um, the saddest person in the world is the person who's not following through on their calling. Like the thing that they know lights them up, but they just are not doing it because and maybe they were told, maybe their parents weren't as supportive as yours and mine. You know, when I switched from art education to fine arts, parents didn't go, what the hell are you doing? They didn't say that. They're like, okay, if that's what you really want to do. Yeah. And don't you're, get me you're, wrong. You're, you're, you're dead, so whatever you want to do. <laughs> yeah. And it's not like, it's just like you were talking about like, hey, it's not like all roses when I'm like owning my own business. Like, shit's hard. You know what I mean? It's the same way with my parents where it's like, it's not like every time they're like, yeah, do whatever you want. Everything's going to work out. You'll always be good. You can do anything that you want to do. F it. It's not like they're saying that. I still get stuff along the way. They're like, you sure you want to do that? You sure you want to put paper in the blender? Cause that's weird as hell. You know what I mean? Like they do shit like that to challenge me along the way too. Or they're like, are you sure that you want to do that thing? Cause that sounds kind of crazy and it's not a thing I've done. And, and, and those are important things to do because sometimes I, sometimes I am out of whack and sometimes I'm like, Whoa, why, it, you know, why was I just going to like drive to this like other city like tomorrow? Or why was it going to like, sometimes it is a stupid thing. And like, that's yeah. good too. Those are yeah, good, to, good have to have those people in your life keeping in check sometimes. Yeah. I need to be kept <laughs> in check. I need, I need to be checked a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, I'm super grateful that I have that, those support systems and, and luckily, luckly, my husband's been, well, he's a, I live with a creative, you know, so we're both, that's why we started the, the podcast we have together because we're both creative and we talk about creativity all the time. Yeah. And so, and the interesting is he took the, the teacher path. He's a music teacher. Awesome. Um, and I think he's a super skilled teacher, like, cause he's teaching kids to be creative. Like that's his like premise underlying. And so we're constantly in conversation about these things and, and offering each other that support. Yeah. I'll, I guess I'll ask you that. I mean, I, my wife is creative as well in a different facet where she's in, she's really in this real estate stuff. And we're coming up with these like unique short-term experiences and she's in it and she's coming up with the coolest ideas. Like I can't wait to show people some of the spaces that she's working on, but your creatives are, are different creatives like that. Like, do you ever have things where you think that that's like, uh, like obviously 30 years, like you guys are doing wonderful, but like, do you ever have things happen where, you know, sometimes people have like a create a very, you know, left brain and a very right brain person. What do you think about having like kind of the same things? Do you ever see some <laughs> stuff happen? You're like, this is the stuff that's like the good thing about it is like, we talk about all this stuff. And do you ever see some stuff that are like friction points that are created because you're both in a certain way or something like that? Well, you know, I think we're both pretty balanced creatives, but I would say there might be, we might both be the kind of people that would be like, yeah, let's just do that. Okay. And the idea we just sort of run with and, and maybe we've, you know, maybe we haven't always made the best decision in, in maybe finances or, or that sort of thing. Cause we're not maybe geared mentally that way, but yeah. So maybe in that way, but I think we're so like, we're so plugged into the creative process that that's the juice, right? So the other yeah. things, you know, they don't, they don't, we, I feel like we get what's going on. Like I'm not buying the, the story of the world. I'm not buying the story of capitalism. I'm not buying the story of how all that runs. 
And so because I don't buy it and I buy the story of creativity is the thing we're here to do. Yeah. It it works. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, totally. It's like my wife, she has a lot of things that balance me out really well where like I, I'm good with numbers and I'm good with books, but she's better. And she, she, I will do a lot of things to put it in place to system, to put the system together or like, look at it and be aware of it. But like, I'm usually like a big numbers person. I'm like, let me just look at like the in and out real quick and just see like, where am I at in the field? But like, she will go micro and those are extremely important because the little micros add up to stuff. So there's a lot of like pieces to her that are great contrasts to me. But it's funny that you say like how we're, we plug into the central thing of like, this is what makes it so that we both immediately go that way. And it's that concept too. Because that's also the concept that unites us where we will make large decisions very quickly without hesitation because of that reason where you're like, I, I don't agree with all of the things that you think, but we both super ultimately agree with this one thing. And it just makes it so that it's like, we might have little things that come up, but it's like, I could, I, I have literally, you know, taken one day seen 11 houses and then bought a house for X amount of money because without like a second thought at all, it's just like, yep, boom, because, because Meg and I are both aligned with like, well, we want this alternative lifestyle or we want this alternative path or this different way of doing things. And when we link up on that, that makes it so that it's like not this huge drawn out conversation of how we're going to make the decision. It's like, Oh, do you want to do this thing? Yep. Okay. Yep. All right. Bye. Send it. And then see what happens. That's that I totally I totally jive with your saying like, hey, maybe we both go for things like that. I don't think that's necessarily even just like a certain side of the mind. I think that's just like when you know the things that you don't want yeah. and you ultimately know the thing that you definitely want, then it makes things like there's no middle ground between those two in some to me anyway. There's yeah, almost absolutely. no middle ground of like you either have you're either fighting for this side or this side and, and one <laughs> side is one, each decision is making a decision in that space. You know, it's yeah. really easy to make those decisions when you think that way. It's so great that you have that relationship like that. You know, it's, it's, it's like a lot when your values are aligned, yes. the details, they, you know, sometimes you, you might argue over the details, but ultimately it's, it's the values that are guiding everything. I think you said it much more clearly and defined <laughs> than my jargle. Well, I was listening to talk. It organized my thoughts. You're like, you listen to my like 30 minutes of talking. You're like, right. So you were aligned in values, David. You're aligned in values. Great job. That's my coaching skills. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Coming in clutch with that, Angie. All right. (laughs) Well, I guess on that note, I've got five questions that I like to ask people at the end here. And what I do is I kind of like ask them and you don't have to take crazy amount of time with it, but you also don't have to shoot right off your hip. You can take a second to like digest it if you want. So uh, first question, and I know that you listened to my 100th episode and like checked out this question. So you know it. You, you, it's too bad that Angie has the, the answers to the test. I'll have to come up with a new question. <laughs> Pop quiz. <laughs> Why do you wake up and do what you do every single day versus any other thing that you could wake up and do on this planet? I think a little bit of me is a rebel. Like it's a little piece of me that, that likes to do it a different way. Like I want to be different. And that's okay. a big piece of, of why I, I do things the way I do. It's kind of why like I make handmade paper. Like you said, not many people are doing that. Like I want to yeah. do the thing that's a little different. So sure. I'm a little, 
there's a little bit of resistance to the norm that's happening. But I also know that like, I just, I know <laughs> that I just can't do anything else. Like I physically cannot because I've tried. Yeah. I thought, well, having a nice job with benefits and I don't know, that a magical thing called paid vacation could be yeah. really great. <laughs> that, what awesome. that is. I've never had that. Like I toyed with that and I tried it and it didn't work very long. Like I physically, like I feel it in my body. Like it's just wrong. Yeah. Like you actually feel it. Like you get sick. You yeah. Know, like you, know, my, you straight up like... Down. Yeah, like sleep less, get more stress. Like if it's not nurtured and it's a piece of you that's drawing to something, if you're the person that, you know, you have something that you're supposed to do and you're not doing it, it like literally takes your soul away. And just like, I don't know, I've never felt worse than, than the times where I've given up on shit. Those are the times where like, I actually feel sick. I feel mm-hmm. like... 10 years age from where I'm at. And I'm just like, holy shit. And those are usually the wake up call moments where I'm like, I'm going to make a big change right now because I am just feeling like garbage. And that's, I totally get it. You, you have to do it. You, there's something that you have to do. You have to do it. It's like kind of simple, but complex. Yeah. I don't want to feel like garbage. Maybe that's the better answer. (laughs) I wake up every day and do what I do because I don't want to feel terrible. (laughs) Great. Makes sense. Yeah. Uh, along the way, say that you could take a lesson that you learned and give it to someone like they just got it immediately. What would you say? Like the biggest mistake that you have made along the way, or like the worst thing that you've done, you're like, Hey, five years ago, me 10 years ago, me don't do this thing, but learn this lesson. What would you say? I would say don't should all over yourself. Right? Like I definitely fall into the, I shoulds. Like I just said, like, I think oh, maybe I should get a job that has benefits and paid vacation, right? Like for some reason, that thought gets planted in my head. I should do the thing that everybody else is doing. Mm. And I never, that never works out for me. And it it happened, like I said, it was a few years ago. I thought maybe I should get the job with the benefits and all of that. And I went down that path and I thought I would go back into licensure. And I I tried that path and I just, I have even landed a job teaching art. And then I was like the same thing, like, Oh, I can't. And so anytime I hit the thought, like I should, I have to look at it and question it. Like, why should I, why? what's about yeah. that? What's, what's fueling that? Why should that happen? Like, some things maybe that should do, but is this should coming from outside? Is it some kind of external expectation or is this should coming from something inside? Right. Right. They're very different things. And I feel like, when that pops up, it's like you have to take a second to figure out why that just popped up. Cause it's like, I was telling you before the show, I was like, I should do TikTok more because <laughs> it's a better platform for some things, right? That should is just coming from me straight up, like analytically looking at things and being like, I am watching people, uh, be really good on TikTok. And I know that that would be a beneficial thing for me and I probably would enjoy it, right? That's like a different thing than it's like, I should get a job or I should leave my job. It's like, okay, well, that's not a small thing that's based off of like analytics. That's like a true question of like, why should I do that thing? What, where is that mm-hmm. coming from for what's drawing that question right now? Is it an external factor or internal? You're so right. Like yeah. that changes things dramatically. Yeah. I think people should put the brakes on big time when that word should like yeah. pops into the head. Like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> what's going on here yeah boom how's that listeners 
<laughs> so, <laughs> all right. Flip side to that would be on a more positive note. I think it's all positive, but what's the best thing that you've ever done? This is where you could be cocky if you want to be like, I'm, that was the best thing I've ever come up with. You know, like what's the best idea or the best action you've taken along the way? You're like, Hey, listeners, you won, you know, 10 out of 10 should do this thing. This is awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's funny because I, I thought, well, we hadn't talked much about yoga and that's such a huge part of my life. And that's the best thing I ever did was I signed up for a yoga class. I happened how, to do How it. long ago? It was, well, I started in college. My first class was at Plymouth State, but I mean, I had babies. I have two daughters. They're both teen. One is turning 19 next week and one turns 17. So they're like grown up at this point. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. It's super fun. Honestly, they're teenagers and actually we're, it's, they're fun. But my youngest is one of my big stories. She nearly died when she was three. She had, uh, had E. coli and she was in main med. She was at um, main med hospital in Portland for 30 days. She had, uh, 17 dialysis treatments, her kidneys shut off. Oh my God. I actually thought we were going to lose her. And there was a moment where I thought for sure she was going to be gone. Oh, but the doctors there saved her life. Um, but when we came back from the hospital, it was hard for me. It was hard to feel like the world was safe. It was hard to put the pieces together. And I actually didn't create, I didn't make art for a while. Wow. Um, And, and one day I, saw a flyer for a yoga class and something said to me that I should (laughs) take that class. Right. But it came from inside. Right. And it changed everything. It changed everything for me. Like it started to put my pieces back together. I started, I think, you know, I was always an artist, but I don't, I think doing the yoga helped me to understand what the art was doing to me too. Mm. Like it was an embodied practice. It was like plugging me into something bigger than myself. And that's what yoga is for me. It's like connecting to the body, connecting to my breath, but also connecting to that. I mean, I think I'm connecting to, to some kind of creative force. Yeah. Um, and, and it really brought all my pieces back together. And then it, you know what yoga did for me is it gave me an opportunity to help other people and to have the consistent income that I needed to keep doing the art that I love to do. And so it really was the best thing. That I wow. Had. Isn't it crazy? Like, this, this is the stuff where it's like, it's so cliche to be like, uh, there's a plan for you or like, but when people are feeling down, it's like pretty much when people are feeling down, I feel like that's what makes it cliche is because that's when people tell you those things are like, oh, there's a plan for you. Things happen for a reason. But like they do and there is, and it's like, just look at it in the non cliche moments of like you getting into yoga, like because of that circumstance that then did this other thing. It's like, crazy it's really yeah. crazy and i i respect that force whatever the hell that is out there I respect <laughs> it. and it's, it can be whatever it is i don't name it anything it's just that's the thing right yeah totally yeah i feel like it really saved me and it's it keeps pulling me through <laughs> yeah what is a resource that you'd recommend to the audience it could be a podcast a book a video a movie a website it could be on you know any of your creative on Yoga, it could be on anything. What's like some resources or a resource that you really recommend people should check out? Yeah, you know, I have a few. Um, I love books. I'm a little bit of a book addict. I have a problem. (laughs) I'm confessing. I have a lot of problems. It's a good problem. (laughs) I I tried to send out the library once and it didn't go very well. And now they're all back. (laughs) But I wanted to share a book probably because I don't think um, indigenous, indigenous people get silenced the most in our world. And so one 
writer activist that I love connecting with is Winona LaDuke. And she has a book called um, To Be a Water Protector. And it's really about, you know, our environment and the essential need we have to just stand up and protect things like the water. Like, you know, if we don't have water, um, we're in trouble. <laughs> and this lady just amazes me with the, with the work that she does constantly to defend um, the earth. And so to be a water protector by Winona LaDuke, it's not directly connected to everything we are talking about, but I think it actually kind of is. Hey, I don't know. I can't really run a recording studio without water. Okay. I'm, <laughs> and it's, I'm just saying, right. Like I, you know, I can buy the really cool microphones. I can buy the coolest rack equipment, but at the end of the day, those sessions are hot. Like I, 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 I need a drink of water. You know, I need to survive on the planet to be able to be creative. So I'm absolutely I'm down. We need it. it. You know, we're what, 90% water? (laughs) Mostly a big bag of water. Mostly, yeah. So I think (laughs) it's really important. Another book I love, I got this within the past year, was um, Seth Godin's The Practice, Shipping Creative Work. Okay, I haven't read that one, but Seth Godin is the man. Yeah, this is a great book. Like I was, I listened to it on, on audiobook and then I was like, oh my gosh, I have to have this book. And then I brought the book home and my husband was looking through it. And then next thing I know, he's hoarding it and reading it over there. Ah, um, book so, yeah, it's a great book. Um, Which one was just, it again? It, the Practice. The Practice. Shipping Creative. And so if you're a creative of any kind, he just shares. And it's, you can read it in like little blips. It's just like little sections, um, short sections. You can just open it and read a section or read it all the way through. Um, I think it's a really amazing book for anybody who's looking to dig into creative work. Very cool. Work. Yeah, very cool. I will definitely, I will 100% read that. He is, he's got a very unique perspective on just about everything. A thinker, like. Yeah, he's yeah. just a thinker. He just pulls things apart and just, I don't know. He just pulls things apart, I guess. I don't know how to explain it, but it's always yeah. fresh with him. He just looks at things from angles that you don't always think of. And then he has like experience in the world with lots of different kinds of creatives. So he can bring that in. Yeah, yeah totally. Last one is the easiest, Angie, and that's just where do people keep up with you? Where do they keep up with uh, all the things that you're doing? So, my, I mean, the easiest place is my website, which is my name, AngieFollinsbyHall.com, where, you know, I have lots of information about my yoga work, um, the teacher trainings I run, and then my art. I have art. I have a gallery on there and then all the work that's related to my art and workshops that I do and my coaching work. And, and you can get me on Instagram, Angie Fall Hall. Um, I'm there the most. Uh, I'm also on Facebook, um, also at my name, uh, Angie Fall Hall Creative Purpose Mentor, but I'm mostly, I mostly show up on Instagram. Very cool. Cool. So people, you know where to check her out. Go check out her art, definitely, because I, was, I, I really thought it was very interesting. So she's got a lot on her website. I went through there a lot before. <laughs> the show. So uh, if you are in the middle of stuff or you're jumping in late, all of those links will be on the show notes page down below. If you're listening on a podcast or wakingupfromwork.com slash show notes, you can find Angie's spot there on the website when this comes out. Thank you everyone who is on Instagram, who is on YouTube or Facebook for joining us live tonight. If you want to catch this if you haven't seen, heard all of this, you came in at some point later, you want to listen to this whole conversation, this will be out on podcast platforms on anything that you listen to on Tuesday. And uh, thank you, Angie, for being on 
the show. I, I think that uh, I, I, I got the email connecting in some of the concepts that you were about. And then when I jumped into some of the things that you had for content on your sites and things like that, I knew people, people who are listening, I, I have not talked to Angie before, but it's like when I talk to you, I just know like we could totally hang out somewhere. I could have these conversations with you all day long. And that's the people I love to have on the show is people I'm just ready to go to talk about some of these concepts right away. Well, thank you. It's been a, a huge pleasure to chat with you today. I feel the same way. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. Well, thank you guys. That's episode 104. 